0: Welcome to episode number 329 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearmsauctions.com, where you set the price on guns, ammo, and
2: accessories.
0: I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd.
2: And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is Convention of States and the Arizona Audit. And our guest is Arizona Senator Kelly Townsend. Senator Townsend has proudly served the citizens of the 16th Legislative District since 2013.
0: Yes, and Kelly is an accomplished author with books published in the United States, Croatia, and Slovenia. She, is, uh, she has also served in the Navy, so thank you for your service. She is well-traveled internationally with a deep interest in other cultures and customs, languages, and of course, international and state government. What a resource you are for our beautiful state of Arizona. Welcome to the show, Arizona Senator Kelly Townsend.
1: Thank you guys so much for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. So, so much going on in our state uh, always. This is such a, um, a lively state. And, you know, California gets a lot of the national attention and New York gets a lot of the national attention, but uh, Arizona is a very active state and active for liberties and active for freedom. And right now, The big thing that all eyes, not just across our nation, but the world, the entire planet is what's going on with the election integrity audit. And you have been such a driving force to make sure that we are able to, you know, look and see. That's all we're trying to do, right? Just look and see, just like any other audit. And uh, you've been such a driving force in that. And I'm hoping you can give us a little bit of an update, like what is happening? What do we... What do we anticipate to happen?
1: I am so glad you asked that question because that is one of the most important, if not the most important thing going on in the United States right now is this forensic audit that's happening in Arizona. Now, we had some very surface level audits that happened uh, at a uh, per statute that, that they did, but it didn't show anything. It didn't show a, a large um sample of the the paper of the actual ink versus was it pre-filled out that type of thing so this is an actual forensic audit so when you hear this is the fourth or the fifth time arizona's audited their election that is not true at all and i think your listeners probably know that by now so they have gone through that process right now they're tightening up all the numbers making sure double checking triple checking they're even running them back through to get an inventory of exactly how many ballots are going back to the county supervisors so that there's no question this is what we have and this is what we're giving you they vacated the coliseum and now they're over in the wesley bullen building and um So we should start to see some information next month. I know everybody wants it right now. Like what were the numbers? Just tell us what they were. And a lot of impatience because we've waited this long. This should have been started back in November. But once again, this is the first time this has ever happened. So Arizona is kind of paving the way on how to do this. And now what we're seeing as other states, Pennsylvania, are talking about doing their own audits. So. If nothing else, Arizona is kind of laying the foundations to how to do this going forward.
0: Absolutely. We are trailblazers in that arena. And one of the things that has been such a head scratcher for for Dan and I is, you know, we're business owners. So we have our, our federal firearms license. And so we are audited regularly by the ATF. You know, they come in, they say, show us your work, show us your books, right? So we do. It's not a constitutional crisis to to show your work. Uh, As uh, just citizens, we've had uh, an audit by the IRS. You know, let's see, you're probably law-abiding with your finances, but let's just take a look-see, right? It's not like it was fun to go through, but again, it's not a constitutional crisis. What is the deal? Why has this become such a political hot button with this election integrity uh, audit, you would think that both major parties, all political parties, would have equal interest in finding out, was it done well? Are there things we could do better?
1: Any thinking person can draw the conclusion that the effort that they went to, the Secretary of State, the county supervisors in Maricopa County, the effort they've gone to to try and stop us it has been so extraordinary your your logical conclusion is there's something there they don't want us to see so even if we never get results there's no way to not conclude that i could tell you so many things that really raise your eyebrows and say why are republican county supervisors going to such extents well if I were them and I signed off and said, this was a perfect election, everything's kosher. And then along comes a forensic audit, you know, and if you know there's something's going to be wrong, whose name is on the line uh, once we find it. So, I mean, I'm not accusing them of anything. I'm just drawing, I'm just going from A to B yes. it, and we're not done by the way, with our audits. We had various companies like Facebook, come to Arizona and give six million dollars to the county recorders to run their elections and three million plus dollars to the secretary of state to do things uh, in her office with our elections. And my question is, well, first of all, Jake Hoffman, Representative Hoffman, freshman in the the Arizona House of Representatives, ran a bill to outlaw that practice of having outside money coming in, being used in elections. It's just wholly inappropriate. Mm -hmm. But my question was, what did we spend that on i'd like to see it so we have what's called the joint legislative audit committee and we are in charge of the auditor general here in arizona so in our budget i asked her how much would it cost you to audit the facebook money and she came back Uh and it's just one hundred sixty thousand dollars, which is nothing compared to our our budget that we have here and so that was one of my asks in the budget is that we include language that requires an audit of the facebook money one of the things the Secretary of State, Katie Hobbs, said is she used it to combat disinformation and misinformation. Well, what does that mean? What did that look like? What, what kind of misinformation and disinformation uh, You know, define that for us, Ms. Hobbs? Because, you know, I, I'm, I'm very curious. So we're, we're not done with the auditing. We're, we're, we're still going and we're going to find out what in the world have they done with our election here in Arizona.
2: Kelly, Absolutely. you know, I've, I've studied this, what you guys are doing right now, and, and I believe that whatever the results are, I'm going to believe in the results. Mm-hmm. I think that you guys are putting enough into this that the true facts are gonna come out. So if the election come out that it was, if it comes out that it was clean, I'm good with it. Mm-hmm. But now the question is, and we which hope. I'm thinking- We would hope. Right. That would
0: be the best thing ever right. is if it came out clean. But Do we I, really believe that's gonna right. happen?
2: But what I worry Probably about not. with all the cover up, with all the people, fighting to to do the audit all this other things that we might find some things are not going to be positive for the elections mm-hmm. and if that happens what next mm-hmm.
1: okay so we have 90 of us legislators down here right and we have several of us we serve on different committees we each usually have about three committees that we serve on The committee that's been driving this audit this whole time has been the Judiciary Committee here in the Arizona Senate. It was chaired last year by Eddie Farnsworth and he put out the original subpoena, which the Maricopa County supervisors ignored until we went into session. We can't enforce that subpoena when we're not in session, unfortunately. So we came in session in January, uh, Eddie Farnsworth retired, and now we have Warren Peterson who reissued another subpoena which they ignored, and um, so they are responsible for the judicial side of things, the subpoenas, and, and if there's anything legally that we need to do once we get these results. My fear was if we need to change legislation to prevent this from happening in 2022, because we're looking forward and we're also looking back. The audit's looking back, but I am... I mean, 2022, the primary elections in August, early August, I think it's August 2nd, that's right around the corner. And so if we were to pass bills next year, if we don't close session by April 30th, those bills won't be in effect until after the primary. So we'll have 2020 rules in place for the primary election when it comes to things like election security, chain of custody. You know who has access to the hard drives who has access to all of these things who had it where'd it go and there's a lot of holes there the thumb drives and the hard drives and and uh, dominion employees having access to all of that i want every single step of the way logged. who had it where and i wasn't able to get those bills passed for a couple of reasons and i can mention those in a minute but I was very concerned that we would go home this year and close session signy die is what we call it. We would signee die and then not be able to change the law for next year's primary. So we either have to close session next year signee die by August 30th to give the 90 days um, to pass so that it will go into effect before the primary. Or whatever changes we put have to either be done this year or be put into next year's budget, which it's not really appropriate to be doing laws in the budget. It happens, but I'd rather it be done this year. So I could see it coming that we were going to have to go home, sine die, because we usually go home end of April or part in into May. And this is the third longest session we had this year. I mean, excuse me, in Arizona history. And so we couldn't continue to extend the session throughout the year. Um, I thought we could, but it's, it was kind of it was hard. It was a train that was hard to stop, so I could see that coming. So another ask I had in the budget was that we created a, a special committee that would review the outcome of the audit, not so that we could take them to court or that type of thing, but that we could look to see if there's any legislation that needs to happen this year so that it could be in place for the primary next year. and that if we do find that there, you know these statutes need to be changed about the chain of custody, then we can um, do that in a special session this year. The governor would have to call us in, and that's Article 4, Part 2, Section 3 of the Arizona Constitution, how we come back in for a special session so that we could pass um, laws before next year's January session. I hope that makes sense. So that special committee is created as soon as we get those um, finals report from the auditor's, then this committee will convene to go over those reports to find out what do we have to do to change in the laws um, to to prevent these things from happening next year. Now we have two of the committee members um, are also on judiciary. So there's a crossover there. So we'll have continuity of information. And, you know, so it's going to be um, interesting. And I'll be focused on legislation. Warren Peterson and Sonny Borelli and Karen Fan will be focused on the litigation, if any, and what to do about the um, legal aspects of the audit. Well, thank you for that.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for for walking us through that. Now, when you say that our governor is going to need to call a special session, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of excitement and energy from him to support this audit. And he was on Sean Hannity's show one evening, not too long ago. And he was one that, that quoted, well, this was our fourth audit. And so the other audits turned out fine. And I thought, I'm sorry, could I rewind that? Did I hear him say that correctly? Because that was so it was dismissive of the work being done and the, the level of um, excellence and, and integrity that's, that's in play with this audit. Um, and, and it just, to me, showed that he he really is not in favor of this audit taking place which doesn't make sense to me but if we're counting on him to be the one to call a special session do you think that that, that he's going to do that
1: well i sat with his chief of staff and we discussed this issue And um, I said, well, maybe he could call us just a general special session now so that we will be in session. And then when the results come out and they said, no, you need to have a specific reason, a specific time frame. You need to show that you have the votes. You need to have the language all set. And then he calls the special session. So he wasn't willing to do it without those things. But they said, if the audit shows that there's irregularities to the point that we need to fix it in the statutes, then in you guys uh, make that recommendation. He didn't give a promise and say he will call it, but he said that's uh, there's no reason why he shouldn't call it if that's our recommendation. If we have that committee plus the judiciary committee plus committees over in the house plus all of the public, I mean that's the best we can do. I wish we would have stayed in session. That was my my goal. I voted no. I, I put it into the record because we didn't have a, a vote where we were up on the board. It was just a voice vote. So I asked, you know, a point of order that they. Put into the general excuse me into the journal that i would have been a no if they had called a call to vote on special session so or ending ending sine die yeah so it's unfortunate that we had to go home but we've done that and i hope that the governor uh will um do that for us if he doesn't i still have two other ways to get this taken care of before next august so it's not the end of the world but i think we should do it sooner rather than later
0: Oh, absolutely. And I mean, he is in lame duck mode, to be honest, Doug, Doug Ducey. He's not going to, he's timing out. And he's not going to run again. He might run for something else. So it might be important for him to, you know, try to...
2: Uh, wait a minute. It doesn't matter if he is or not. He should be as a concerned citizen that we get should, clean elections.
0: Should And absolutely. What, what is
2: wrong with a clean election? I mean, the I understand why they're covering, covering up things right now, but... Mm-hmm. He should be for that no matter what. I agree with you. I'm
0: just pointing out that he's uh, maybe going to be leaving public office. And he, I mean, we saw, we've seen other elected officials here in Arizona. Yep. Uh, we, we expected them to do one thing that was, you know, of the conservative nature. And then out of the blue, they turn around and do something yep. that's not conservative of nature. Uh, and he could do the same thing. I'm just, just throwing it out there.
1: Well, I can say it's been a frustrating year, first of all, uh, last year, especially when when we were not in session and all those executive orders came in. Um, But I will say, the things that I asked for in the budget, like ending the state of emergency and rescinding a lot of his executive orders. And he has done a lot of that. Um, He has, he has started to move in a different direction like that than he was last year. So I'm kind of hoping I've got my fingers crossed and I want to believe that he'll do it, but more frustrating than that is our own folks on our side, supposed conservatives killing those bills that needed to have been done. We already knew that I had, Several right, right behind me is this wh- whiteboard, all these bills that were having to do with the election, not integrity, um, not housekeeping bills, but election security that we saw that happened in the 2020 election. And those half of them never even got a hearing in the government committee. The other few that were let out of the government committee went to the House and died over in the House. Oh, wow. And in, in the end, I got one of them. Put, i took all those bills and crammed them into one and it came back to the senate only to be killed again by the same chairwoman that wouldn't give them a hearing in the first place not because the issues were bad or the language was bad but because i went around her and didn't you know she killed them first i went around her and she killed them again and it's just, and, and now she's running for secretary of state. I don't know how she can with a straight face, no. you know, yes, we're, I'm frustrated with the governor, but the governor was really gracious w- during this budget of giving us several things that we asked for when it came to um, election integrity and the um, executive orders and that type of thing. And uh, as frustrating as it has been with him, I am just incensed that mm-hmm. this legislator the so-called senator running for secretary of state I would have the audacity to kill very good election integrity because I went around her and, and it that, tells you what her priorities are
0: right and that's somebody of your same party right this Yeah. yeah this right. yeah. so is senator Michelle Eugenie Rita she's
1: that's, running that's, for secretary of state i don't that's, understand
2: that's not being a representative that's being a leader that's control to me they're not serving the people when they take things like that into into consideration so dan
0: uses the word leader in place of ruler
1: ruler because you guys are here to serve us
0: right that that there's that upside down of you know our our elected officials should be
1: public servants let me give you two other options that you could use too you have a politician Mm -hmm. And when they make decisions, they make a decision based on what's best for my next election. If I do this, is it going to help or hurt? And then you have a statesman. And the statesman just does what's supposed to be done for the good of the people, for the good of the state unless the chips fall where they may. And if they get unelected because of it, they can hold their head and, you know, and and look in the mirror and be proud of themselves and say, I did the best I could. And this was the the price I had to pay. And that's a statesman. So what I try to educate people is start asking questions to these people running for office. What would you do in this situation? I I don't know if you can get a a straight answer out of them. Yeah. And then once they're elected, watch how they are voting. Are they testing the political winds, you know, and, uh, or are they just voting what needs to happen? And, uh, I, I put my faith in, in veterans all, a lot of times, but not even, sometimes veterans let us down. So it's, it's hard to do that. So sometimes you have to just go with somebody with a track record. But um, yeah, definitely politicians are making decisions based on their careers. And that's a shame. That's a real shame.
2: You know, and, and you as a, legis- in the legislature, you you listen to what people tell you. Unfortunately, the people that are quiet like we are when we were quiet, we're not anymore, anymore. (laughs) but it's the ones that scream the loudest to get heard. And that's not necessarily what's representing your area. It's just a few people that are screaming loud. How do you divide that? Yeah.
1: Well, you know, you filter everything through the lens of the constitution. For example, last year um, we had, when we went home for the year, we were told we'd be right back the next week with a special session um the speaker of the house told us when i was over in the house yeah just we'll go ahead and close Signy die and we'll be back next week we'll take care of those issues of yours next week and depending on who you ask the reason why we didn't come back is different but the point is we didn't come back the next thing we knew we had executive order executive order executive order and we were not at the table to give input for example Scottsdale had um, a lot of nightclubs and several of them were breaking the rules so an executive order went out about dancing and you know bars and all of this other stuff and little, Towns like Tombstone and Bisbee and other places like that that don't have big nightclubs, that have little establishments that rely solely on tourism, you know, and people coming down there had to close their doors. And we've seen so many businesses go out of business because of it, because of something One area of the state did impacted the entire state. Maybe one of our rural legislators could have come and said, this is probably should be done by county instead of statewide or, you know, just given some input. But we couldn't do that. We weren't at the table. And and so when I say filter it through the Constitution, what does that have to do with it? Well, Article 4, Section 4, that's easy to remember. I want to get earrings that have fours on them, you know, (laughs) Article 4, Section 4. Dang it. I've said this so many times in this last year. I
0: love it. I love it.
1: It guarantees the people a Republican form of government, not Democrat, Republican, but Republican, meaning you have a representative to speak on your behalf. And they go down and they argue for you and, you know, and then the legislature passes laws and the governor signs it not the governor writes a bunch of executive orders and so i think the governor's kind of learned along the way i I hope um there was one there was one veto that he did and rewrote it and put an executive order out and there was a huge outcry we haven't seen that happen anymore um but yes article 4 section 4 gives you the right to have a representative voting on your behalf and we completely trounced that last year and a lot of people didn't even realize that their, that right of theirs was being violated. And a lot of people were so afraid, they did realize that they allowed it because of fear. So first you have to go through the constitution and say, is this even constitutional? And that's, you know, that's basically what my starting point is.
2: Well, Kelly, I hope awesome. that people woke up because of COVID. A lot of people, I think they have.
1: I think yeah. so too.
2: So it's gonna make your job more interesting.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 We love feedback. I love feedback, you know, and so the good and the bad.
0: Well, you are such a defender of the Constitution, and I love that you you talk about everything through that lens. Um, Every year, our team is part of um, organizing a Second Amendment rally on the lawn of our Arizona State Capitol building. Uh, we partner with Writers USA, awesome people, and you have been one of our speakers every year. And, uh, you know, sometimes you don't know when you put a speaker in front of the microphone, okay, what exactly are they going to, you know, say, are they going to make it a, okay, now it's going to be a political speech about me and, you know, reelecting me. And, you know, you never go that route. You, you keep it about, you know, what is best for the people. And uh, I just really appreciate you for that.
1: Thank you. Well, I enjoy coming and speaking with everybody, and and seeing the guys down there and the and the ladies that are so it's so important to protect the Second Amendment, you know, and that's pretty much the first one, right? It should protect the second, protects the first, and and on the rest, and you know, I was just thinking about that today and and I so appreciate you guys for being involved in putting that on. I see you there every time too. And you're always so dynamic. So it's, it's good to get out and do that. Um, But you're right that Dan, that we need to be louder about that. And, uh, you know, they were, they were teasing Joe Biden on the radio down in Tucson today about what to do if the people come door to door asking about your vaccine status. Remember that time where he was like, yeah, you just need a double barrel shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <And> <laughs> take care. The, of
0: worst, <laughs> the worst gun advice ever comes yeah. from yeah. Our, yeah. our current
2: president joe biden (laughs) here's my vaccination id it's a 12 gauge (laughs) oh my gosh Uh, um
0: well uh, we need to start wrapping i know you're a very busy person but um you are a, a fierce defender of the constitution and you are a national leader in the article 5 movement what is the article 5 movement
1: well um i'm glad you asked that Let me before I talk about Article five, let me talk about conventions of state, because the Article five and conventions of state kind of melted into one that they kind of interchangeable, like an Article five convention is a convention of state. And so I want to just educate your listeners that the conventions of state used to happen annually, frequently prior to the Civil War. So they would get together and they would convene as state legislatures and they would talk about whatever issues were they were facing at the time anything from trade to um Indian relations, to defending the country, to farming and the price of, you know, seed and whatever, and uh, whether or not silver would become money or not, or who should pay for the railroad tracks getting laid down across the country, should it be the railroad companies or the people and the taxpayer, which is a similar uh, argument to today with the light rail. So those were conventions of states. And one of the conventions of states um, that they came together was to talk about the Constitution and talk about the Articles of Confederation, actually, and they ended up with the Constitution. That was one of many of the conventions. So in the Constitution, there is a provision for the states to come together in a convention to propose amendments to the Constitution. So unlike the railroad or the silver or the you know the the Indian issues or whatever, another issue that they get together on is to amend the Constitution. There's two ways to do it. The first way is two thirds of Congress vote on whether whatever the amendment is, and then they send that out to the states for ratification. If that passes by uh, two thirds in the in the Congress, then they need three quarters of the states to ratify it, and then it becomes part of the Constitution. But part B, um, right up behind me here, George Mason, he he was um, very adamant that there would come a time when Congress needed to be put into check themselves, and they would never do that. Like, for example, having a... Have a balanced budget, or maybe term limits, or whatever else. And they're not going to do that on themselves. So the people ought to be able to do that. And the people are closest to their legislators. And so he argued that the legislatures um, would be able to call to, to petition Congress for a convention to propose the amendments themselves. So, part B of Article 5. Basically says if two thirds of the states petition Congress, Congress shall call a convention, and then the in the convention they would um, come up with whatever the amendment was going to be, and then send it back to Congress, and then Congress would send it out for ratification. Kind of complicated, but. That way of amending the constitution has yet to happen, and uh, we are at that time where it's time to check Congress and and get them under control. The kind of spending that I was reading an article today where people are demanding two thousand dollar a month checks from now on until the until the crisis is over, which in my mind is probably never going to happen at this point because they're not letting go of that control. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's socialism it, just completely unchecked, and. And Congress is completely out of control when it comes to spending. So it's time. And we have I'm not sure how many states we have. I think we're close to 31, 32 states with a balanced budget amendment and also term limits is, is gearing up. So we're getting there. And um, one of the questions is, will Congress wait till we get to the 34th state? Um, what the state does is they pass a resolution and they vote on it and goes to Congress will will they wait till we get to 34 states doing that or will they impose it on themselves? Does it force their hand? And I'm, I'm in the mind to think that they're going to do it before we're going to be able to do it. So if nothing else, this gets them um, to do it, at least to get something on the books to prevent them from just spending us into uh, oblivion.
0: It's just craziness.
1: Can you imagine trying to run a business that way? It's just, <laughs> it just
2: I, I
1: wouldn't. Where do you get money? Yeah. Look you know? look what's going on. I, I asked con- Congressman Biggs, where's where's the money coming from for that first stimulus check, you know, and he said they're selling bonds, and uh, and they're printing, you know, digital printing, and he said who's buying the bonds? The wealthy over in China are buying our bonds, and uh, that's frightening. That's really frightening, and and we have done this to ourselves. We have done this to ourselves because of the lack of discipline when it comes to spending. And you've seen the projects, you know, how do a study on turtles crossing the road or something like ridiculous studies that basically what you're doing is you're just employing people in a university that need a study to do you know and you're just keeping them going and then what do they come up with these radical leftist ideas that are completely destroying our country and our the minds of our children so i mean i could go on all day about that so what's the answer many think it's an article 5 convention that we get them under control or at least force our hand to do it because it's gone it's too far and and i don't know if it's too late to turn back at this point with china and what they're doing you know, it's, it's getting kind of uh, frightening. So one of the first things that needs to happen is to get the spending under control.
0: Absolutely. Well, I would love it. Maybe if you talk about the convention of states at, at this year's rally, um, because I don't think enough people understand it or know. And when I very first heard that phrase, it's been probably 12, 15 years ago, it seemed radical it seemed and it was phrased to me as though well there's going to be a bunch of states that break off or something and it was somehow connected to this convention of states and it was like no that's that's unconstitutional that's illegal you know i wouldn't be part of something like that and so there could be people like me that that was what they heard back in the day and then they've just never moved forward with you know with fresh new information and really understood what it is well
2: go go ahead
1: No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, my what I tell people, because there's an argument out there that once you open it up to a convention that anything can happen, and let's say that they propose an amendment to abolish the Second Amendment, right? Let's just say that that's what these legislators come together and the purpose of the convention was a balanced budget amendment, but once they gavel in, okay, we're going to propose actually to um, remove the Second Amendment. Now, first of all, let's just say that somebody proposes that they would need the majority vote of the of the legislators present and uh, i don't think that's going to happen but let's just say it does let's say that the the convention decided on their own that they're going to um, pass this first of all a passed resolution even if it's rogue because it has to be whatever the 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 uh, resolution called the, the thing for, for a balanced budget, that's the only legal amendment they can produce from that. But let's just say that they ignore that and they do it anyway. And they have the second amendment um, amend, uh, amendment to the constitution and to abolish it. And so let's say that passes out. It's not legal and binding at that point. It still has to be ratified so they could pass that out all day, but Congress would have to then accept it as a legal amendment that they passed, even though it was outside of the call that they came together for. Congress should only be taking and accepting um, an amendment that had to do with a balanced budget. So, I think that that Congress won't accept an amendment like that, but let's just say that they do and they receive that and they send it out to the states. You need 38 states to ratify that amendment you barely have i think we have 11 blue states you're not going to get 38 states to ratify that so it's going to sit there like many other amendments to the constitution that never got ratified you're not it's not going to be ratified and and even if it went out i think the supreme court would and knock it down because the uh, it's it's not a legal amendment because it was done outside of the call. So there's several checks and balances along the way. I don't think it ever gets there. I don't think it ever even gets voted on. I think that the, the convention will move to strike that, that it's out of order because it's outside the call of the convention. I don't think it even gets the time of day. But gotcha. assuming it didn't got all the way, it's not going to get ratified. So we have a tool that George Mason gave us to bring in Congress and get them under control. And we're not using it because someone's afraid that, you know, this runaway convention they call it. And and it's a shame because we could fix this and we're not doing it because of fear. Mm-hmm. And I think it's time. And the only other option is to get congressmen elected and take back the senate and the house and get the get a super majority there and then propose the amendment that way but i'm not going to hold my breath for that you know for congress to to um, put a check on themselves like that i think we need to get super close to 32 33 states and then they'll move and that's the only way to do it but it takes 38 or
2: 34 and then 38 to approve it
1: so step one is 34, and step final steps 38 to to ratify. Hmm. So whatever ends up being done and surviving a legal challenge, if it survives a legal challenge and goes out to the states, you need 38 states to ratify it. So like for example, um, the Equal Rights Amendment for women. Uh, It has 37 states. It just needs one more state, but that's a whole nother topic that's expired. There's no way for that to legally be ratified now, but it it, it's every year they try and they can't do it. So uh, there's several uh, other amendments that have been sitting out there that didn't get ratified. And um, I think that anything illegal that came out of a convention wouldn't be ratified. So it's, it's, it's not a realistic fear. It really is. And I'll tell you, when I first got involved, and I found out about it. I was exactly in the same way. There's no way I'm letting them touch this, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna be at the table to make sure they don't mess it up. And the more I learned, I thought, wait a minute, actually, this is a viable way to change the constitution. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it's gonna need blue states, but we we're mostly red states. When I say that, I mean, legislatures, I don't mean Congress or their governors, or I'm talking about the legislatures. We're we're primarily a red country when it comes to legislatures, but we don't have 38 red states either. So to overturn Roe v. Wade, the Democrats are worried about us doing that. We couldn't because we don't have 38 red states. It would have to be something that would take both. And I think really the only issue where we can get both sides to ratify is term limits. So my prediction is term limits would be the first one to get ratified because we don't have... um, you know enough of one side or the other and I forgot to mention too if we just start ignoring everything and push through a rogue amendment to the constitution and, and the supreme court upholds it and all that we've got bigger problems you know if if we allow that then we're, the country's already gone <laughs> so I think this is a viable way to reign in congress and to to deal with issues like term limits and a balanced budget amendment and I think it should be pursued.
0: I like it. And, you know, the idea that, you know, we're, we started this conversation talking about the audit. Well, why are we auditing the election? Well, we should probably audit every election anyway. But this particular one just feels wrong. It just smells wrong. There's just something about it, right? So there are people walking around right now today that feel like, why should I bother voting? What's the point, right? And so if we had something like a convention of states, they might feel like, well, this is a place that my voice might actually matter, and, and will build from there. And so I, I think it can only be a positive thing. The more involved the citizenry is in their government, the better, because <clears throat> that's where we started, right? Our founding fathers, they put everything on the line to have the opportunity to write our playbook, our roadmap, our recipe book. Called our Constitution and our Bill of Rights. And we, too many of us, sit back in lazy mode and just abdicate. You know, well, somebody's taking care of it somewhere, I guess. It's fine. Send me my $2,000 check.
1: Right. Oh, and I like to tell the story of Ben Franklin and, you know, those who've done some history studying him know that he was kind of a tramp you know and (laughs) and you get all the founders and they're just regular people that were going about their lives and they ended up having this King George the Third was actually insane. And they had an insane king and they had to stop what they were doing and do something about it. And that's kind of what we're doing now is people have to stop what you're doing. We've, we've been all busy. Remember the 80s, the biggest problem in the 80s was world hunger. And we sang, we are the world. You know, that was the big deal. Now it's, you know are am i even going to be able to afford to rent a house or to have a mortgage or you know the price of lumber and the hyperinflation that's coming we're in serious trouble so we have to stop what we're doing all of us not just the politicians and the statesmen but all of us have to stop what we're doing become a precinct committeeman get involved in your local um groups there in town and and um get involved in your second amendment groups whatever but Find somewhere where you could serve and, you know, stop what you're doing. Whether you're a George Washington or a Ben Franklin or somewhere in the between, you know, we all have a role to play. We're up to bat right now. And we have to stand up or we're, we're very quickly losing this country. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And when you say tramp, you mean ladies, man, right? That's what I mean.
1: Yes.
2: <laughs> ladies, man. That's right. Kelly, I mean, you know, we interview a lot of people and, you know, I learned – through the show that there was a governor in New Jersey that said that the constitution was above his pay grade. Mm -hmm. And I wonder with with your job, you have fellow legislators, are there some that just don't get the constitution?
1: Yeah. 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 It does, even even some of our veterans in the past. Um, And I I think that uh, our, our generation, maybe, I don't know who, who to even points to, but it's not something we learned. You know, it, it, we know the, the amendments, um, but who knows what Article 4 is? We talked about Article 5, but what's Article 4? You know, and we talked about Article 4, Section 4. Remember the earrings? Yes, <laughs> the I most, do. One of the most important parts of the, of the Constitution, and it's a pretty short document. And, you know, here's another one, Article 1, Section 8 the enumerated powers, what the federal government's supposed to be in charge of and everything else is supposed to be delegated to the states. And, and yet the federal government is involved in almost every aspect of our lives. So we're way outside of the Constitution and the, what the um, founders had intended, you know. Um, so if we don't know the Constitution and we don't know, is this a federal function or is this a state function? And if we don't know those things then what's happened has, is going to happen because we don't know that it's being violated. So know
0: we... about how about it's not for the government to function in that area period.
1: All right. Amen. Okay. Amen. It's,
2: it's almost like we could if we could interview every politician and question them on the constitution to decide whether or not we're going to vote for them because it that's ignored. We don't even We don't even question the constitution when we see who we're going to run for you know we had a very important sheriff election this year last Mm -hmm. year and you know my deal was did you do you follow the constitution Mm -hmm. period Mm -hmm. because he's chief law enforcement right it's important to know that your sheriff is following the constitution Mm -hmm. and half they don't know it right
1: right yeah well sheriff uh my sheriff out in pinal county sheriff lamb yeah he's brag named, a little bit why don't you brag yeah, because you I, love, sheriff lamb. I love sheriff lamb and i called him up by the way i want to get this in before we go I asked him, I said, we've got a lot of people in meltdown mode about these people going door to door, right? You know, what can we do? And I think this is your jurisdiction here. If somebody comes to someone's property and won't leave and is badgering them. And honestly, I think that they're collecting information about who's vaccinated, who isn't. And um, today I heard on the radio also, that's on the form for the volunteers to find out and log in because that's important information for the health department to know is who's vaccinated, who isn't. So if you don't want them coming to your door asking you that, Uh, What can we do? And he said, uh, you know, you can put up a a no trespassing sign and even he can't go there without a warrant. If there's a no trespassing sign and the homeowner says, get off my property, you know, law enforcement can't even be there unless you've done something wrong or if there's an exigent circumstance or they have a warrant. So he said, just put up a a no trespassing sign and, uh, you know, you can tell them to leave. You don't have to answer their questions and it doesn't need to be a drama you know they just have to leave and if they won't leave then you can call and and have them come down and deal with it
0: that's awesome and yes sheriff lamb is amazing yes you and guys got the best need, sheriff ever we need more like him because he yeah. is so constitutionally based and a nice person besides uh but here in maricopa county we don't have sheriff lamb so we're jealous and uh, we uh, we did our best to vote in uh, as close to a sheriff lamb as we could get. And I have no idea right now. I think the audit, uh, the Arizona audit, it's going up ballot. It's not coming down ballot. But if by some chance it ends up coming down ballot, and we see the sheriff votes, maybe we did get the sheriff I wanted. <laughs>
1: Well, and there is a possibility that there's two companies out there that can scan the ballots and recount them. Um, one's $400,000 and one's like $20,000. And this, I don't know if we're actually going to do that. I know Maricopa County had talked about using the $400,000 one, but who's going to believe anything that ever comes out of that place again, you know? So um, I, I, I don't know, but I, I hope that we do get a down ballot um, and, analysis of, of those other races because it's very it's very concerning
0: it is and it's important because you know it, every vote for every person should count for something otherwise why are we doing it and yeah. I think that it's telling that at you know at a time when we've felt such a need to take all the efforts to put in a forensic audit um, it's also at the same time that at the federal level, The Democratic Party is trying to pass something called HR1, the, I love the title, right? The For the People Act, right? Which is basically for whatever party is currently in power, they get to federally control uh, the elections moving forward. Bad, bad, bad idea. And so just as telling to me that they're trying to hedge their bets any way they can, that if they've got a foothold, they're going to keep that foothold and takes us back to the convention of states and term limits. We need term limits for sure. So,
1: well, you're right about that. And if you get involved in the redistricting that's coming up later this year, um, Arizona independent redistricting commission, you can have your voice heard about redrawing the lines so that we could uh, hopefully have better chances to get more Republican congressmen and women down there and we can take back the house uh, you know, down there in Washington. That's so important.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, it's not just about, you know, voting and, and hiring with our votes. Somebody with an R blazing on their chest and their cape waving, because how many times have we seen that just because they're they're wearing the big red R, it doesn't mean that they behave that way with their the way that they, they vote on things and write bills. And so it is important for us to do our due diligence at all times. And know but, what
2: they're doing. Absolutely. Right.
0: Well, Arizona Senator, Kelly Townsend, thank you so much for all this time. Please tell folks how they can continue to follow all the important things that you're involved in, including the audit and pretty soon uh, a re-election campaign.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I have been primarily on Telegram this year, and uh, if you go to Telegram, it's just Senator Kelly Townsend. It's Kelly with a Y, Townsend, T-O-W-N-S-E-N-D. And then on Twitter, uh, I'm not on Twitter as much. It's more like a piranha tank over there. (laughs) But um, when I decide to jump into that, it's at um, AZKellyt, and you'll find me there. And I am also on Facebook, but I'm not on Facebook very much. I don't know about you guys, but I'm just not interested in what they are offering anymore. So Kelly Townsend.com as well. Sorry. Go ahead. Taught me so much. Thank you very much. You bet. Thanks so much for having me on. God bless you guys. God bless America.
2: Yes. God bless you.
0: We will talk soon. Bye-bye yeah, now. Bye-bye. Bye. Fantastic. You know, yes. Kellytownson.com. Right. I, sh- I kind of cut her off on yeah, that, but it'll too. be on her guest
2: page. One of the best things about being on this show mm-hmm. is you learn so much. Oh man. Yes. And, <laughs> and to know that, you know, I mean, it's just amazing. Now, do you listen to what everybody says? Yes. Mm-hmm. But then you research it. Absolutely. But Man, it, I would love to be in the legislative office. Mm-hmm. I would love to be there. I like if I was a representative, then I could say, "Do you follow the Constitution, or that doesn't follow the Constitution? What the heck are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Get out. Mm-hmm. Make room. There's plenty of people that want to follow the Constitution." But she, she is a constitutionalist. Awesome. She
0: is, and it's always so refreshing, which yeah. is weird, right? Why should it be refreshing? to speak to an elected official who is a constitutionalist it should be standard standard fair right. and um i'll never forget that uh before this last election the 2020 election i was interviewed by um the swedish press and they they were interested in what's this whole thing about you know Carrying around. Okay, you want to own guns in America? Okay, fine. But you're like a female person and you want to carry around <sighs> guns. So that was the reason for the interview. Um, but they were asking about um, Kelly, um, Mark Kelly, running against uh, our current senator at the time and uh, Martha McSally. And they said, I, they knew, I could tell by the way they asked it, I knew it was a gotcha question. Yeah. We're going to ask her, what do you think of Mark Kelly, who's a Democrat, whose wife runs the Giffords organization that's an anti-gun organization, what do you think about him running for office? And so instead of giving them their gotcha moment, I said, well, if he follows the Constitution, then why do I care what letter he wears on his jersey?
2: problem is he's not following the constitution
0: problem is he's not following the constitution right and no matter what yeah, letter would, they're wearing they what would it matter no matter yeah. right what letter they're wearing if they're not following the constitution then i they would not uh deserve my vote nor get my right. vote if i'm tapped in and i know what i'm right. doing with that's, my vote. that's
2: that's really interesting the fact is whether you're a republican or a democrat mm-hmm. if you're not following the constitution you're not getting my vote
0: exactly. period Exactly. That's awesome. And, you know, it's the same thing where people just get all knee jerk reaction y about everything. And you'll notice de- right down uh, political party lines, which is bizarre. You say the word Arizona Election Integrity Audit, and you can pretty much <clears throat> tell, you know, which party affiliation you're talking right. to, depending on which side they are, whether they say, ah, it's a bunch of wasted time and money. Versus people that say, well, I'm really glad that's happening because why shouldn't we know? Right. Just check your work. Right. We, we did that in math class growing up. We just, the teacher wanted us to show our work
2: and then she would check our work. And folks, just so you know, I mean, I I don't know if you remember this, but we had our audit back about five years ago with the IRS. We had an audit, which by the way, personal, personal audit, but we won by the way, first Mm of all, Mm -hmm. but let me just explain to you that it isn't they didn't just send a letters and we're going to audit you they started with they ask a couple questions by letter to comply with this then after that we comply with that then they ask another so they did that like two or three times when they finally said we're doing a full blown audit so it's no different okay so yeah you did your formal audit and then you did your Next check audit. Well,
0: you're talking about how Governor Doug Ducey said right. we've
2: had four audits right. already, and so which you know, we didn't. Obviously, we didn't have there's something in those audits. audits that's not right that makes right. you want to go further. Right. So, um, I will tell you this: the results of this audit, I feel that the the right people are in there doing it. Mm-hmm. That whatever the results of the audit, I will I will agree with. Yeah, You'll I trust. It what Absolutely. they're
0: doing and the reason why we have to know is so that the next time there's an election we can accept it right right, right.
2: that's the main reason i want to and know because
0: right now things just feel wrong and they f- yep. smell funny and so we want to check we just want to look into it but anyway thank you again to all the people that are involved in that all the volunteers oh my gosh holy cow they people, filled the whole coliseum. yeah people giving up hours and days of their life your most finite commodity is your time they're giving it up to go be a part of this people from every part of the um political uh spectrum right. they're not all, all just democrats republicans. And republicans
2: yeah yep.
0: libertarians because they want to know
2: there are Dep- there are democrats that want to know too mm.
0: they're being part of history by giving up their time and, and checking this, uh, checking the work. So it's, uh, we really appreciate that. We appreciate our Arizona Senator Kelly Townsend uh, so much um, for her time to share all of her wisdom. And, um, you know, if you've missed any part of this show or any other show, maybe you caught a piece of one and didn't get to get back to it, you can go to uh, for the audio only version, Go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com. Click the On Demand tab and binge listen to your heart's content. You can click the Guest tab and see photos and bios and links to all the guests we've ever had on the show, including today, Arizona Senator Kelly Townsend. And um, you can also
2: go to YouTube, but you might not be able to after they hear the word election results, election audit. That might be something that gets us kicked off. We might go to prison for a couple (laughs) We, YouTube but, prison. Yeah.
0: Um yes, and so there we do a video version. Uh people like to watch these shows often and so we have YouTube channel. We have a gun streamer channel. Um and we're Absolute. trying to fix our link on opslens.com which is or Opslens which is a smartphone app. Um it's been the our link's been broken for a while. We keep hearing from people and uh, I don't know. It's a process, I guess. Uh, but we are working on that. And again, your time is your most finite commodity. And when you spend it with us, that is everything. Thank you so much to our amazing listeners all over the world. All right. So until next time, pray for our nation, pray for our elected officials who are statesmen, right? Statesmen. Yeah. Even though, yeah Not yeah. politicians, right. but statesmen. So pray for our statesmen. Maybe that's the new thing I should say.
2: Yeah. And even the, even the uh, politicians that, that you don't, don't like. like. Maybe especially See, I the politicians because I would like that a statement, you don't right? like. That's I would true. like a statement.
0: That's true. Yeah. All right. So until next time, be good to each other. Have a great week and God bless. Bye-bye.